Welcome everyone to Exploring Optimal Health with Gregory Van Den Bolt. This is the podcast where I'm taking you on a journey towards exploring optimal health and biohacking. Why exploring? Because it means we're on a path towards constantly seeking ways to improve our well-being while staying curious and having an open mind. If you're eager to discovering how to live an optimal and meaningful life, this is the podcast you've been looking for. Today, I'm with Stefan Zugor, expert in the field of lucid dreaming. He has over 10 years of experience, been featured on several large websites such as the Huffington Post, and reached over 10 million people via his YouTube channel and website, howtolucid.com, where he not only focuses on topics like lucid dreaming, but also consciousness, sleep hacking, spirituality, and reality shifting. Stefans, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to be here. Lucid dreaming is such an interesting topic, and we're going to discuss it profoundly today uh, amongst other topics as well. I just wanted to let you know, approximately two or three years ago, I got into the topic of lucid dreaming, and you have actually played quite a significant role in my development in that as well, because I used to watch your YouTube videos. They're extremely informative and practical. So in that sense, you helped me in my in my journey of lucid dreaming. And we got in touch on uh, on Instagram, obviously, and now we're doing this podcast episode about uh, the topics that I previously mentioned. So I'm really excited to have you on the show and also to discuss the topics that we're going to discuss. Cool. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad they helped in some way because the, uh, <laughs> the videos I first started making, you know, several years ago, I didn't really know kind of the best way of making YouTube videos so that they were probably not as good as my recent ones i don't know maybe they were still fine but it's it's a it's a good bridge though because i wanted to start sure. with a uh with a warm-up question also about you so who you yeah. are and how you got into the topic of lucid dreaming as well yeah it's a good one um basically I, i'm not sure if you knew this from maybe watching a video or something but basically for anyone who didn't know i first had my lucid dream kind of by accident so i was a kid and i was basically told I, I guess I was misbehaving or something and I was told to go and like lay on my bed so as I was laying there on the bed I, w I didn't have anything to do I didn't have a phone I didn't, wasn't able to go on like the computer or anything like that so I had all this energy and I ended up just naturally falling asleep and having a lucid dream and that kind of sparked the interest in it and obviously the first one, like it was super simple. I think it lasted just a few seconds and I was just, just enough time that I could actually realize it was a dream and then get excited about it. Mm -hmm. So then I woke up, ran downstairs and I was like, you know, asking my parents what it was, why this happened and everything. Um, I don't think they really knew. They just said it was, you know, just a dream or something. Anyway, later on, so that was the first one, kind of random by accident, but it's left a kind of like seed in my mind. You know, I had to find out what that was. And then later on, um, I think this was uh, maybe even a few years later. I'm, I'm a bit hazy with the details of like the specific timeline, but um, a few years later, I kind of rediscovered it and realized actually that experience was lucid dreaming and I it's a whole thing. And, you know, if I learn this, I can actually learn to control the dreams whenever I want. And I just basically became obsessed with it. I um, tend to be very obsessive with my interests and passions. So I just dived in, learned everything I could, mm -hmm. read, you know, dozens of books about it, took courses and just self-taught essentially, just studied and, and taught myself and experimented myself as much as I could. After a few years of that, I became pretty good at it. You know, I would be regularly having lucid dreams and being able to like have quite, quite amazing experiences inside the dream, like practicing real life skills and, you know, getting profound messages <clears throat> and yeah, I, I took it quite far. You know, I, I was able to really like dive into my subconscious mind, play around with things, do a lot of really kind of powerful shadow work and like confronting the darker parts of myself, my fears, insecurities and things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just kept pushing it, kept pushing it. And eventually I realized, you know, I'm obviously pretty good at it. You know, I, I know a lot about it now. So I thought, I can at least help beginners, you know, I can at least make some videos. And at the time, uh, one of my biggest kind of fears was to be to, was public speaking. Mm -hmm. 
So one way of kind of overcoming that was to practice it in a lucid dream. And then in one of my dreams, I was guided to actually start making videos because I thought, well, this is a way of overcoming the fear and helping people. And so I just did, you know, I started making videos and then long story short, yeah, I made the YouTube channel, shared some of what I learned about lucid dreaming mm-hmm. and that eventually led to me making a website and then eventually a course and things like that. And then, yeah, there was, there was a lot of interest in it. People really wanted to learn about lucid dreaming, watch the videos. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of call it my job. And at a certain point I went full time with it and kind of did that. And then like progressed in that, I soon realized that lucid dreaming for me is really just the tip of the iceberg. There's actually like this whole world of spirituality and personal growth and consciousness that I really wanted to explore. So I ended up making uh, another channel called Astral HQ, which is where I talk about all kinds of other, everything outside of lucid dreaming. And that became my main passion. And lucid dreaming became almost like a gateway into that kind of opened up my mind literally to the possibilities of consciousness and reality. And uh, yeah, that became my obsession. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, to this day, I still use lucid dreaming regularly and it's been a big part of my life. Yeah, many interesting things you're mentioning there. Uh, One of them being also the shadow work that I'm excited to talk about today, if that's the right phrasing, uh, if you call and call it exciting. Before this interview, you also told me, hey, Greg, um, I love lucid dreaming, but there's much more to this realm. And as you mentioned, it's the top of the, uh, it's, it's part of the top of the iceberg. So um, to take a little step back, what actually is the phenomenon that is lucid dreaming and what actually happens when you're in a lucid dream? Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Let's start at the beginning. So uh, basically lucid dreaming is where you become aware of the fact that you're dreaming while you're still asleep. So for somebody who's never had a lucid dream, just imagine you're walking down a street. That's, I always I always start with like you're walking down a street because you often end up in the middle of something. You you become lucid in the middle of kind of doing something else in the dream. So imagine you're like you're walking down the street, and then you suddenly look around, and you just have this instant realization that actually this is a dream right now. So you could be doing something, even like listening to us right now. Let's say if one of your listeners is just watching a, a video or listening. In that moment, they could realize, hold on, this is actually a dream right now. They look around and they realize they're dreaming. Now, at that moment, you become lucid. And that doesn't necessarily mean you become in control of the dream. They're they're actually two separate things. The lucidity is just the awareness of the the fact that you're dreaming. The dream control is a whole different skill. And that's actually a lot more difficult, but definitely very possible. And we can go into that all there. a bit later but yeah lucidity is basically just becoming aware of the fact that you're dreaming so you know it's a dream while you're still in it okay so there's like a division here between the two things that you mentioned the first one is being conscious that you dream and then the second one is having the ability to control the dream and i think the latter is actually what we often perceive as lucid dreaming but that's not necessarily the case as i hear you speak no So this is where we're going to kind of jump in the deep end a little bit. I mean, stop me if, you know, we need to go back and confirm stuff, but. No, I think we're in a, I think we're in a good spot right now. We have the idea what is lucid dreaming and I, let's, uh, let's, let's take it further. So, so basically most people when they become lucid will also have some degree of dream control. So they'll become lucid. They know it's a dream and then something kind of clicks in their mind where they think, well, if it's a dream, then I can do whatever I want. And, you know, quite rightly so. So they would walk around, decide what to do, just like you would decide what to do in your waking life. Where it separates is when you deal with the laws of physics or specifically like laws of expectation. Let me break it down. So let's say you become lucid. You realize it's a dream. Mm -hmm. You now can control yourself, let's say, and decide where to walk, what to do within reason, within dream, right? You can decide, okay, I'm going to open the door now walk down the stairs. But if you were to try and fly, let's say, that's that's a very different because you have this expectation in your subconscious mind that if you jump up in the air, you'll be pulled back down by gravity. So 
to control when i say dream control i really mean complete dream ma mastery and manipulation i mean i'll describe one of my recent lucid dreams so i was able to become lucid realize it's a dream levitate above a city and then use telekinesis to deconstruct skyscrapers in real time and then rebuild them in a different form and while at the same time controlling the weather you know changing the weather moving the clouds around while at the same time being aware of each dream character below me and what they were thinking and feeling and being able to move them around like like sims in a game mm. so that level of dream control is very different to what i call kind of real world normal dream control where you just decide where to walk in a room mm -hmm. do, you, do, do you see what i mean i'm, I'm thinking about a scale at the moment where you are at one yeah. outer end of a very high ability to infuse consciousness while dreaming while having the lucid dream whereas me i do remember my dream last night but i don't have that ability yet that means that i am conscious about what is happening but my ability to control and to perceive what is going on in the lucid dream is just to happening to a lesser extent yeah i agree I, i would say that's a good idea to to label it as like a scale uh, a scale of to what degree you're controlling the scene because on a basic level most people i guess become lucid and they have control over where they walk what they say and their actions their dream character does like moving their arms legs punching someone or picking objects up whatever it is mm -hmm. that's i would say on the lower end of the control spectrum on that level you can't control what other dream characters do you can't control the weather or the dream scene even and you'll find it difficult to do things like flying or cre creating objects from thin, thin air and visualizing complex ideas mm -hmm. so that's on the low end but that's fine like you on the low end where you can just control your own body is more than enough to have insane amounts of fun like it's like literally like a virtual reality world where even if you're not control in control of all the aspects of the dream scene just being in control of yourself the dream character you, you know your dream character mm -hmm. is enough because it's like you're in a new world and you know for most people that's as far as they go as far as they get with dream control is just control of their own avatar in a dream mm -hmm. But you can take it much further than that. I think most of the people that are listening have more or less the dream consciousness as I do, not as advanced as as as, as your um, dream consciousness, so to say. So I'm also sure that many people are thinking right now, how do I develop that dream consciousness? So that will also be my mm. next question. How does one go from just being aware that you're dreaming that i'm sure many people are experiencing there's always this period also to give a little context when lucid dreams can happen it happens during the rem sleep which is uh, towards the the later um, stages of the night so often before you wake up you have some sort of like in between state where you often remember where you're dreaming how does one practice their their uh, memory and then also develop the capabilities to do what you're doing yeah so there's there's different things there so to improve your dream recall is one thing and then to improve your control within the dream is another one so should we do the recall one first and then yes control? so for the recall stuff yeah so so repetition is really important for dream recall you even if you don't remember any dreams you should still write in your dream journal no dreams recalled because it trains your subconscious mind to actually try and pull the information out if you don't write anything then your subconscious mind just says oh so i guess it's not important we don't care about remembering dreams so no problem i won't remember them in future mm -hmm. so it's a lot about repetition uh the next thing you can do is you can actually use affirmations these yeah i'm going to keep going back to affirmations because it's really powerful for not just lucid dreaming but also dream recall and also mastering real life like reality so by using affirmations what it is basically is you you write down or say out loud statements that you want to be true so it might be something like i do i remember my dreams every morning or i lucid dream every night and you the idea is you basically just essentially brainwash yourself like but just by repeating these phrases again and again and after a while you 
subconsciously believe it as well as consciously. And then it just happens. You, you just start to remember more dreams or start to lucid dream more if that's your affirmation. So that's, for most people, the foundation of the dream recall uh, skills. Skill set is just writing something down in a dream journal every morning and then using affirmations to actually you know, start to believe that you can remember dreams. Now, we could go into nuances of dream journaling. You can start to involve more senses. I find this is really powerful, is um, when you're trying to remember a dream and write it down, try and involve multiple senses at the same time or just kind of cycle through them. First, ask yourself, what did I see? And then ask yourself, you know, what did I feel? What was the temperature like in the dream? What emotions was I feeling? And just asking those questions will trigger different parts of your mind. Mm -hmm. And the more senses you involve, the stronger the memory recall. So ideally, you would go through them all, and then that would trigger more dream memories. Um, there's some other stuff you can do as well with uh, dream anchors and things. But yeah, I feel most people would, they just need to get the basics right with with dream recall. Oh, and another one is, and this applies to everything, right? Lucid dreaming, recall. People need to be sleeping consistently. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize this until I started tracking my sleep. I actually am wearing this ring right now, which is a, oh, nice. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, it's an aura sleep tracker for anyone who's listening who didn't know. And it tracks your sleep and it tells you how, how much of your sleep is REM, how much is deep sleep, all this stuff. And when you know that, then you realize, oh, actually, I'm not sleeping consistently or I'm not getting enough REM sleep. And for most people, just that one thing alone is enough to actually give them multiple lucid dreams. Because if you're not getting enough REM sleep, mm -hmm. then it's going to be much less likely that you actually lucid dream or remember anything at all. Mm -hmm. So tracking sleep is a, a bonus, but obviously not everybody uh, wants to get a sleep tracker ring. There's apps you can get on your phone. They're not, they're not as good, but they're still better than nothing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's for dream recall. I would say that's the basics is just sleep consistently, wake up and go to bed at roughly the same time mm -hmm. and try and aim for at least eight hours of like, you know, solid uninterrupted sleep. Later on, we'll get into some tips about lucid dreaming in general, which will apply to dream recall as well. So mm -hmm. I don't want to kind of repeat them, but we'll get onto those later. They apply to everything. Yeah, that's the first step on the path towards lucid dreaming. Get your sleep to schedule to be able to improve uh, dream recall. Once one has improved dream recall, you do experience your dreams uh, more vividly. And then coming back at my previous question on how to develop the dream consciousness or the capability to control your dreams. So going from my uh, uh, side of the skill towards your side of the skill. What can you like practice mm. within the within the dream and also outside of the dream, thinking about reality checks to improve that ability? Yeah. So the way I see it is still also two separate things. How regularly you lucid dream and how much control you have when you do lucid dream. So doing reality checks is just going to affect how how often you lucid dream. It won't necessarily affect how what what level of control you have in the dream. So, but it's still important. So uh, with reality checks, what you can do is there's various things you can do. Basically, it's mainly about being consistent and really use it, be, being present when you do the reality check. So really questioning your reality. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I first learned reality checks, I learned this one, which is the finger palm push, where you kind of try and push your finger through the palm. And I would do it, but I would kind of, I'll be looking at my hand and I'll be thinking, all right, I'm going to try the reality check now. I know I'm awake, so I'm just going to do it just to go through the motions. That's the wrong way of doing it. What you should really do is before you try and do the check, you should really convince yourself that this could be a dream like right now. Mm -hmm. And really just pretend for a second, even if you have to pretend and fool yourself, just pretend that the room you're in right now could actually be a dream like you could literally be dreaming right now even if you're certain that you're awake this could be a dream because you've had dreams before that feel really vivid and really sharp and so this could be another one of them in the dream you often don't realize you're dreaming but what if this right now this moment right now is actually a dream and when you when you question it to that level and then do the check it's much more accurate 
because you're really building your prospective memory, which is your ability to remember something in the future. So the idea is that you you train you're training yourself to question reality, even when it feels real, and especially when it feels real. So, and not just when something strange happens, because most of the time you're going to become lucid in the middle of doing something kind of mundane, like I said, walking down a street or you're you know in your bedroom or something, a normal situation. So if you train yourself to really question reality, especially when you know it's real, so like right now, for example, really question it, then the reality checks are much more likely to show up and you'll have more lucid dreams, like kind of spontaneously. I mean, we could go into more detail on that, like um, setting reminders is a good idea. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, it's less about the, it's less about the technical stuff, like how many you do, what reminders you set it's it's actually more about your mindset when you do them and how how critically you're actually thinking about it so it's more about your depth of consciousness mm. that you bring in the act of doing the reality checks yeah. yeah yeah your presence no i think that's very clear and then coming back on uh again the other other things that we can do within the dream to improve and develop that that ability to control the dreams are there any other things uh, that you've noticed out of your own experience and that you could give us as tips so to say yeah but again i kind of need to go in the deep end with this one please do so the the way i see dream control is a spectrum but it's exactly the same way as i see how people master their physical reality in real life mm -hmm. and that is everything starts from the focus and you can call this whatever you want. You could call it your mind, your brain. You could call it your intention, your soul. There's many different labels for it. But really, for the purposes of this, let's just call it your, your mind or your, your belief, let's say, what you believe. Everything starts from that. In waking life and in the dream, it's, it works in exactly the same way. What you believe you can do, tr like truly subconsciously believe you can do, it will be reflected in the reality and you'll be able to do it. Hmm. So in a dream, uh, the most common restriction you have is subconscious beliefs that are based in uh, things that you assume are always true. Gravity, for example, object permeance. Uh, if you try and walk through a wall, you're going to ha have resistance. If you run away from something, it will often chase you. Things like this, which uh, in dreams especially, they that's how it happens like if you let's say if you're being chased by a dog you subconsciously you expect the dog to chase you to keep chasing you so the same thing will happen whereas if you believe that if you just turn around and tell the dog to stop it will stop then that's exactly what will happen mm -hmm. now in reality it's a little bit different not quite as uh let's say easy to manipulate than the dream but it does kind of work the same way and this is where we can get into kind of law of attraction manifestation type things but in general what you believe about yourself and the world around you usually is echoed back to you like that is what you experience so with a with a lucid dream basically whatever you believe you can do in the lucid dream is what you experience so i truly believe that when i become lucid i can manipulate every single aspect of that dream because it's all my creation so basically that's what i experience mm-hmm you know, when I first started, though, I didn't believe that. And I thought, oh, there must be some kind of rules. I still had a subconscious belief that gravity has to always work in dreams. When the truth is, it doesn't. The entire thing is a construct. The, the entire dream experience is is non-local. It's, it's, not, it's not separate to you. Does that make sense? Like, it's the same thing as the consciousness experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So because it's the same thing, there's no there's no separation so you to change the dream scene you just have to think about the new dream scene and you're already there but what happens is many beginners will assume usually subconscious right but they will assume that to change the dream scene i need to run really fast or i need to uh, i need to use a lot of energy to teleport or something hmm. it takes no energy at all it's it actually takes zero energy to to do anything in a lucid dream and another, yeah, probably the best example of this is if you imagine dream strength, uh, specifically with things like flying, it takes no energy to fly in a lucid dream. 
when you do it right. Mm. But what people do is because they they don't believe that the entire dream is created by them and there's no separation, they will assume that to fly, you need to do, you need to use some kind of muscles or strength. You know, maybe you need to like tense your muscles or push your arms like Superman like that. Or, you know, I've even heard of people trying to flap their arms like, like a bird. Mm-hmm. And while that can work, you're you're going to be so limited mm-hmm. compared compared to some compared to a different belief like I have where I can fly at any speed with zero effort. I can mix that in with teleportation. I can just just think of a different country and I'm already there. Mm. You know, or I can just I can just fly at any speed with no limitations in any direction through any dimension. Like I don't even have to stay within Earth. I can just imagine that I'm on the moon and now I'm already I'm already there Mm -hmm. and so when you to have that level of control it's really just about the belief that you can actually do that Mm -hmm. I think that's a great answer and it's honestly not the answer that I expected but I think now your personal Instagram name transcending limits makes all the sense because that's what (laughs) that's what you're talking about right exactly I'm curious what the answer you expected was though I, I I didn't have any answer in mind but I think what you're saying about the belief, like having the belief that you can fly, let's say, without any effort, it does make mm. all the sense because at the end of the day, it's all what you say, a construct in the mind. I think uh, that's very powerful explanation. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hope it helps uh, in some way because it took it took me quite a long time to really understand what I just explained and tr- like truly believe it deep down and subconsciously. But when you do, you know, it becomes like, yeah, like I said, it takes zero effort to do anything. I can just create cities, you know, teleport to different countries or planets and just have complete control over the dream. I think this is a a good bridge as well to talk about what one could do within a lucid dream. Like what are the reasons that one should decide to lucid dream and how can it, for instance, benefit us? You previously mentioned for instance shadow work i know there's an example um about improving let's say your your golf swing in lucid dream as well so there's plenty of things that we can do within within a lucid dream that eventually or also helps us in this world like the waking yeah, world the waking world yeah have you heard of the story about the the guy that ran the first four minute mile yes i did so it's kind of similar to that so this guy but basically, everyone thought it was impossible. I'll just tell again for listeners in case they don't know. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was impossible to run a mile in under four minutes. And then one guy did it. And then pretty much like a few weeks after, you had loads of other people doing it as well. And then now running a mile in under four minutes is actually not common, but a lot of people do it. It's it's not unusual. But it wasn't until that first person did it that everybody else who previously thought it was impossible suddenly starts actually doing it. So it's basically like that. You need to first believe that it's possible and then you can you just realize that you can actually do it. So you and you can use this for many different things, but it just shows really the connection between our belief and our physical limitations. Everybody before the 4 minute mile thought it's impossible, it can't be done, it's not human. But then now it's like it's not even a thing, you know, people regularly have that as their target for running a mile in under 4 minutes. And so reality, in my experience, works the same as a dream. You first need to believe and decide what you want to experience. And then that is echoed by the reality around you. I use lucid dreaming to improve confidence, remove fears, and then even do boring things. Like I passed my driving test faster than I should have done because I was I was practicing the maneuvers in a dream. You can use it for things like... I mean, really, there are no limitations, but the mo- most people will will find it easiest to use it for things that are physical. So like martial arts, climbing, dancing, you know, anything that involves muscle memory can be improved significantly by practicing it in a lucid dream. Mm-hmm. And really what that shows, in my opinion, is that our mind has a direct influence not only on our bodies, but on the world around us. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things that got me really interested in spirituality is 
quantum mechanics and how our minds can affect even even at a personal level like our minds can literally create sickness in the body or heal our body it works in the same way as it does when you practice something in a lucid dream what you focus on is what what expands it mm-hmm. becomes you know what you focus on you you experience more of that so if you focus in a lucid dream on your golf swing let's say the the physical neurons in your body and your brain actually start to fire and improve and then when you wake up you you're actually better at, at your golf swing mm. like um measurably better i mean they, they've done studies on this you are measurably better if you practice it in a dream compared to not practicing it in a dream yeah i find it super interesting um i don't think there's really many limitations i think it's just about uh, un- it's about undoing hundreds of years of programming where society and different institutions have kind of drilled it into us that everything is impossible. Like we can't do this. We can't do this. You you have to rely on like the science or uh, mainstream solutions. Where really deep down, I think we have we're actually capable of a lot more than we think. And this is just kind of one aspect of that. You know, using mm-hmm. lucid dreaming to practice things. So what what I hear you say is that if you can do it in your dream, your mind perceives it as possible. And because the mind doesn't make any distinctions between when you're dreaming and when you're awake, it therefore can also uh, improve these abilities in the waking world. I think actually you can get a similar effect just by visualizing something in waking life. You don't even need to be asleep. If you just lay there and visualize your golf swing improving, it will improve, not by as much as it would in lucid dream. I think the lucid dream wins by quite a lot, but just visualizing something mentally is enough to actually improve at that thing, which I find quite interesting. Okay, I think I think that's clear. Right, right now, I'm interested to know how lucid dreaming could help, for instance, when it comes to emotional healing or what you're saying, uh, more the spiritual yeah. part of life. Could you speak to that and maybe also looping back a little on your your shadow work that you've done yeah so with lucid dreaming you can basically use it to interact with your own subconscious mind so the implications of that what it means is that if you have a fear let's say if you have a subconscious like a really deep down fear of spiders right that's quite a common one you can literally become lucid and ask your own you can ask your own brain why you're scared of spiders And the answer you get might not be something you expect. It might be something that you never even thought about. But by being able to talk to your own fears in real time, it's kind of like having a therapy session. But instead of a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you're talking to the actual problem, like within your own brain, the actual problem, the The root of the problem. The subconscious part of it. Yeah. Okay. Which is usually hidden. Usually you would have to spend a lot of money and time and professional, you know, therapy sessions and stuff like that to hopefully try and dig it out of you. And this is where they use things like hypnotherapy and, um, you know, NLP and various different psychological techniques to try and pull out what you can access for free in a lucid dream. Mm -hmm. And not only access, but literally talk to as if it was in the room with you. So when you were able to do that, it's pretty easy and pretty, well, I don't want to say easy because it's not always easy, but it's at least straightforward. You just you just have a conversation. You know, maybe it's a process, maybe it takes time, but you can just have a conversation with that exact fear. Or it might be an insecurity, it might be a trauma. There's been some research to suggest you can use lucid dreaming to overcome PTSD. Intense, you know, trauma responses and things like that, which usually would be very difficult and time-consuming to fix. But yeah, you can you can do this stuff with a lucid dream and I don't usually get to talk about this because most people don't get to the point where they can lucid dream often enough to actually use this this for their, you know, to benefit them. So that's why I tend to focus more on just how to have more lucid dreams, how to get lucid fast, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the basic stuff. But once you can, then you can, re- the, you know, the world is your oyster. You can, you can just use it to do almost anything. Mm-hmm. One of the topics that I also really would like to talk about is the astral projections. Um, yeah. So I think that for later, 
right now to stay in the more simple uh, realm about how to get lucid, for instance, and how to get lucid fast, which you're very knowledgeable about too. Maybe we can talk a little bit about a couple of supplements that uh, one could take that could enhance REM sleep and therefore also dream recall and uh, that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, so basically with supplements, I, I these days I don't really recommend people to take supplements just because the the foundational stuff is more effective anyway. But if you're going to take anything, I would recommend maybe taking like a stack of maybe vitamin B6. If you, unless you already sleep deeply, maybe something like a melatonin spray in, in moderation. Uh, again, you can see why I don't want to recommend it because it's a very powerful hormone. And if you, if you get the dosage wrong, you can even become dependent, I think on, on melatonin for your sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in my experience, it, it does lead to very intense dreams and very deep sleep. So um, that's why I like it. And yeah, if you're having trouble sleeping, you know, melatonin is the one. But there's also better ways of getting melatonin, like just regulating your circadian rhythm, mm -hmm. spiking your cortisol in the first hour of the day, sleeping in a cold, dark, quiet room. I mean, mm -hmm. there's many we can get onto that, you know, if you want about bedroom optimization. But I mean, supplements, I think the main ones is just. I think they're known as acetylcholinesterase inhibitors, which basically stop the reabsorption of acetylcholine, which leads to a long, complicated chemical process, which basically means you are more likely to become lucid. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got ones that kind of stabilize, I guess you could say, that your sleep. Things mainly like, yeah, melatonin, or um, you can even go the herbal route. You can use things like valerian or mugwort or things that, can relax you but again in my opinion there are there are there are better ways of doing that yeah you can, you can get really deep sleep by doing basic things i mean you use the aura ring right you know you know as, as well as i do just having a cold room getting enough steps in the day going to bed at a regular time mm -hmm. making sure the room is dark i mean these things make a huge difference to your sleep mm -hmm. um so yeah i guess to summarize my recommendation would be to first focus on the basics and then if you're going to do any supplement would be to focus on ones that improve recall which is things like vitamin b6 mm -hmm. and sleep quality and stability so things like i guess magnesium zinc um to some degree herbal things like yeah valerian root or mm -hmm. lavender pillow spray just little things like that i think make a, a nice difference no i i totally agree with you saying get the basics right maybe out of my own interest could you speak to 5-HTP and Blue Lotus as well I, I bought a, like a, a couple of um, capsules like I think it was a couple of months ago or a year ago and every now and then I uh, the, the I do take it I don't take it on a regular basis but when I do man there's something happening within those dreams like they're much more vivid it's very interesting to to be able to experience that yeah so Personally, I, I kind of lump 5-HTP in the same kind of group as galantamine. And personally, I find that it kind of upsets my stomach a little bit. So I don't actually have a lot of direct experience with it. I've, I've tried it a few times. I did have one very intense lucid dream. I think it was on, I think that was also actually 5-HTP in mm -hmm. the end. Yeah, that one, that one dream. Um, the, my opinion on things like 5-HTP Blue Lotus is a, is a bit different. I would say that's more along the herbal route. So yeah, I recommend that. That's quite that's quite a good one, the dream herb. But with 5-HTP, I find that to really get the, the good results from things like that, you kind of need to do a wake back to bed where you wake up at 3 a.m., let's say, take the supplement, go back to sleep. Mm. And personally, I never had good luck with that, either with the technique or with especially with taking a supplement and then laying down again. So I've tended to focus almost entirely on, I guess you could say like natural induction techniques and using be, being able to get lucid without supplements, essentially. No, I think staying to the, the, the natural route, so to say, sticking to the natural route is always the most pure and you can use these substances to 
let's say um, play around a little and you know here and there improve maybe uh, dream vividness but I don't think they are necessary by any means and I don't necessarily encourage people taking it as well I was asking because my own experience has been super interesting <laughs> and I just wanted to ask that question for that reason but um, I, I, I am totally on the same page that uh, you know get the basics right sleep hygiene is important uh, you know you, you mentioned magnesium zinc b6 i think those are all substances substances that not only benefit sleep but benefit health overall so i definitely echo what you're saying there I, yeah and if you're gonna experiment i guess i would suggest going the herbal route go the herbal route get the basics right magnesium b6 anything that supports your memory and brain is yeah. gonna be beneficial Hey, and, and now talking about your other uh, endeavor, so to say, that you're doing with Astro HQ, let's make a little like uh, transition there. First of all, talk about maybe the experience you had with astral projection. You previously mentioned that you can be on a moon like this during a lucid dream. Like, have you, what have you been? What have you been up to at night? <laughs> I think I think many people are curious to know when it comes to like out of body experience, astral projections. Yeah, so I want to first make a distinction between lucid dreaming and astral projection. And actually, firstly, I'll just, you mentioned my other channel. So actually, just to clear up confusion, I have a website called astralhq.com. Mm -hmm. But the YouTube channel at the moment, at least, is called Spiritual Awakening Alliance. But really, they're the same thing. I just, okay. yeah, decided to call it that for some reason. Just so it's, so it's more obvious to people what it's about when they find it on YouTube. Yeah, so so lucid dreaming is predominantly in the mind. Although, in my opinion, and again, this is this is very hotly debated. Many people will disagree with me on this. But in my opinion, you can interact with things outside of your mind through lucid dreaming, which is contained, it's supposed to be contained within the mind. And the reason I believe that is because I truly believe that what we think is physical, you know, in the waking world is not actually separate to everything else. And this is this is a core belief that I have developed, you know, as a result of looking for a very long time into this stuff, researching and summarizing all kinds of stuff, trying to connect the dots between different things. Yeah, in my in my honest belief, everything is connected uh, at the quantum level. Every tiny particle is connected to every other. And so when you move from that belief, you have to also believe that, the you know, dreaming is no different. It's just another another expression of consciousness and inside that expression of consciousness it's still connected to everything else so that's why i believe that things like shared dreaming are possible uh, getting messages and learning picking up signals interacting i think it's all possible yeah a lot of people disagree with me about that but that's that's just you know my humble opinion astral projection is by definition definitely separate to the mind so astral projection is where you separate your astral body from your physical and explore the astral realm when you when we get into this stuff it's important to remember how little we know as a species and how things we were certain about even 50 years ago we now have changed our opinion on so i don't want to pretend i understand and know everything because nobody does but i think i believe and in my opinion i know to be pretty true there are layers of reality it's not just as 3d reality there's infinite layers of reality all interlaced over each other so the idea with astral projection is that it's the it's like the 4d so this is we're in the 3d now and the 4d is like one la layer kind of above that which exists in the same let's call it space but you, you can bend you can bend rules and laws a little bit you can move backwards and forwards through time you can move you know through physical objects you can move faster than the speed of light the laws of the 3d world don't really apply in, in the astral world mm -hmm. and so the idea is that you separate your astral body from your physical body and using your astral body you're able to explore this other realm kind of at the same time as you're connected to your physical body it's incredibly difficult in my experience. I have done it twice. Once was by accident and the other was deliberate. And then, since, well, two main times. And then 
quite often during meditation, I'll have like a few seconds of projecting, mm-hmm. which I know I truly feel are very different to lucid dreams. Like the, my first astral projection was again, when I was very young and well, firstly, I know it wasn't a dream because I was wide awake. I was literally sitting upright, looking down over my room. And so one minute I'm looking down at the room, next minute I'm literally flying across a forest at quite high speeds. And it's incredibly vivid. And the next thing I know, literally like the next second, I'm back in the room. And it was so it was so shocking to me that I, I couldn't do anything the whole day. I couldn't even eat. I was just like, just, you know, completely shook to my core about what this means and what this experience was. So yeah, that's that's my main experience of astral projection. I wish I could do it more often, and I am trying to do it. But yeah, in in my in my experience, it's very difficult compared yeah. to lucid dreaming. But they are very separate things. Okay, I think that's a, an important distinction to make to keep those two apart. One lucid dreaming that you experience while sleeping, and an astral projection doesn't have to happen within uh, in in your sleep. You mentioned that you are trying to do to do it more astral projections. Like, how are you trying? Mainly through meditation, through trying to just use meditation to deeply kind of detach. So, but again, it's it's a very difficult process, and it's you know it's hard because our, our minds are wired, or at least these days they're wired to just constantly focus on stuff and think and overthink. And to astral project, you need to detach from that. Yeah, it's it's very difficult and it's a long process, you know. And the reason that you're that you're trying to do it is basically to experience other levels or layers of of your of consciousness as well, of your consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, purely to just explore and understand. And the fact that I know it's possible means that I, I don't know, it's just something within me. You know, I just have to keep pushing and finding out what it all means. Yeah, no, it, it's it's also the curiosity, right? The curiosity that yeah. there's much more to this 3D world that you're mentioning. And I think people that are listening and finding this conversation interesting also have that curiosity. Like there must be more than only this body of flesh. You were you were talking about 4D. Um, I know there's also uh, conversations around 5D. Could you maybe speak to that? Yeah, I, I've heard actually many different theories about this. The way I understand it is that you have, so firstly, in in this 3D reality here, time seems to be linear. So it seems like we go from being young to getting old, whatever. We go down a path. Yeah. And then 4D is where you can kind of move backwards and forwards through time on that same, I think this is the, the way I understand it, is you can move backwards and forwards through time on that timeline. And then when you get to 5D is where you can move forwards and backwards through time on infinite numbers of timelines. So you can, so all of the, all of the tiny possibilities, you've heard of the butterfly effect, right? Could you, could you remember me? Yeah. So the butterfly effect is the idea that one tiny, tiny action today, like something as simple as me uh, lifting up this cup, right? Will produce a ripple effect through time that could change the world in a hundred years time, or even like 10 years time. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you extrapolate that out, the idea of 5D timelines is that you have an infinite number of timelines going off in every direction from every possible moment. It's very hard for the human mind to comprehend this. I don't, I, I can't comprehend it fully, but the, that's the idea that 4D is like backwards and forwards on one set timeline. And then 5D is you can move your conscious awareness, your, your focus, let's say, to any point on any timeline. So that would be, I guess, you could call it God consciousness or source being connected to to essentially everything, you know, every possibility, everything that's happened or will happen. The the way I I, I drew this down is basically 3D is an arrow and an arrow has uh, an ending that goes into a certain direction. It's chronological. Mm. 4D is more of like, an arrow with two of the same ends, like pointing towards the same direction because time is, uh, is is not chronological anymore. There's no beginning and there's no end. And then 5D is the 4D but layered, you, you said, right? Pretty much, yeah. 
Uh, the only thing I would change would be the 4D definition I would describe more as a, a loop or a circle mm -hmm. um, instead of instead of being a straight line because it, it just kind of, it, it doesn't really have an end. Although the end, we might say the end is when you die, but I believe that the end is just, it's just a continuous loop. Our consciousness is now in these bodies. And then when we die, our consciousness with no delay shifts into another experience and just goes around that loop. So th there's almost no difference. I find it super interesting to philosophize, so to say, about this, just in this topic. You're the first one, obviously, that I know that has succeeded in astral projections. I think, I don't know in how many years, but at some point with human consciousness rising, these topics will be uh, much more known to the public as well. Mm. I think it's just a matter of time. I don't know how much time. That that I also wanted to ask you the question where you see uh, human consciousness developing in the day and age that is twenty twenty three. Hmm, it's a good question. This is one of those things that I I don't fully know what I think will happen. One hundred percent. What I'm leaning towards is that we there are many cycles, so there's many different phases of of uh life let's say the most commonly known one is the great year cycle i think it's known as like kali yuga kali yoga no kali yuga which is the great year which is these long cycles of growth and decay so you would have so according to that we are kind of at the i think the bottom where we're just starting to come out from the dark ages and slowly ascend this process apparently takes anywhere from depending on which theory you go with it can take anywhere from three to 12,000 years. And we're kind of at the bottom of that, slowly starting to ascend towards, let's say, the golden age or the uh, the age of enlightenment and love and peace. There's, again, many different descriptions across many religions and belief systems. In terms of 2023, just to answer your question, we kind of have to zoom in because within each big cycle, the way I understand it is there are multiple smaller cycles going all the way down. It's like a fractal. The, the smaller you look at it, it just keeps expanding. And also the, the more you zoom out, it keeps expanding as well, the same pattern. So we're in the same cycle. I think every someone said every like 80 to 100 years, something like that, there is a, a big shift in society, like a, almost like a reset, where things just go to, you know, go to hell. They just collapse. Everything fails. There's revolutions thing civilizations are burned down and then from that they're rebuilt and new things grow i think we now not just in terms of consciousness but society heading towards one of the winter times the times where things will shrink die decay and fall and it won't last for long i mean winter never lasts forever right that's the nature of things being cyclical but i think we are heading towards that or, or might even be in the middle of that now. It depends how you define it, like which markers you use. But for human consciousness, I think we're on the upward spiral. I think human consciousness, regardless of what's going on in the smaller scale, like the 80 to 100 year cycle, in terms of the cycles of hundreds and thousands of years, I think human consciousness is ascending. It's becoming more high vibration. People are you know, and even on the smaller scale, you're seeing this, like people are becoming more aware of stuff. They're becoming more conscious, aware of what they're doing. They're seeing through illusions and um, deceptions. So I think we will see probably more of that. People will be questioning things. Consciousness will be rising. Things like spirituality are kind of trendy now, even like mainly astrology and especially on places like TikTok. These things are quite trendy, which is good. Brings mm -hmm. awareness to everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Like, honestly, I, I don't have a, a very strong feeling towards that. I think, I think that's my answer. I don't have a strong feeling towards where we're going. I, I can be honest, honest and clear about this. In terms of, like, theories, I haven't delved into it as you did, I think. But to mm. come back to your question, where I think where we're going as a human species, what I do believe is that we're becoming much more intuitive, more multi-sensory instead of focus on the five senses that we have right now so 
we we can hear, we can feel, we can smell, taste, sense, and I think that our world in the future will be much more based on what we intuitively feel. I think that、mm. is what I can say about 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 that. Yeah, I, I hope you're right because I I also believe that as well. Moving towards intuition instead of this, what this reminds me of is the shift towards like merging with AI, and、mm-hmm. this idea of becoming transhuman or cyborg cybernetics. I think pretty soon we're going to see a push towards like an implantable AI chip of some sort, which will merge our our consciousness with AI, and that I think will be a turning point. An important, a very important moment in history. Once you, once that happens, there's no going back. I mean, there's almost there's almost no going back already with AI, and I think the solution is to, yeah, move towards our intuition and getting back in touch with our own consciousness. Because I think, regardless of AI, we're all connected to something, whatever you want to call it, like collective unconscious source. Whatever you want to label it as, I think we we can all connect to that, and I think that's mainly what intuition is is being connected in some way to that,、mm-hmm. and you know realizing that we're all actually we're all actually the same thing. We're we're all connected regardless of where we're from or you know our beliefs, our bodies. I think if we can realize that, then humanity can unite more, and that will be. I can only see that as a good thing.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I do believe that we have to be definitely、uh, careful, to say the least, about the developments you're talking about, and think here the the core is staying close to our essence, to our natural being.、Mm. I think there's something in my head that I also found interesting with what you talked previously about the coming back at lucid dreaming and、um, being able to interact with outer energies. That was. Uh, what we were talking about a little before going into the astral projection,、uh, you mentioned that lucid dreaming is mainly happening in the mind, but、uh, not solely in the mind. And I I had to think about an example that, for instance, in the Amazon, there's certain tribes that communicate within their dreams, and there's also examples that people. I I've read a book actually. It's um I think it it was living a committed life by Lynn Twist. And she gave this example that she visited the the, the Amazon rainforest. And there was a tribe that spoke to her in her dreams, saying that they needed help. She kind of ignored it, went on with her with her travels, came back in America. But for some reason, this dream was still in her mind. She couldn't、uh, forget it. There, so she was dreaming about a certain tribe、um, that was calling her, and she decided decided to visit them. And、mm-hmm. they pointed out that they were calling to her whilst dreaming, and the reason for that was because in the Amazon, in the rainforest, this、uh, this tribe was、um, in danger because of certain of of deforestation, for instance, and they knew at some point their their natural habitat would be in in hazard as well, in danger as well. So they needed a person that could speak towards like the Western world. To kind of not save the the indigenous people, but at least start a conversation, and therefore also helping the indigenous tribe to maintain their land. And that's exactly what she did. The right people came at the right place for her to talk to, and she has put up a beautiful organization. It's called the Pachamama Alliance, which now puts a lot of effort into keeping the Amazon rainforest. Healthy and intact, and that all came about because she had a dream where this tribe, where this indigenous people, were talking to her. So, coming back to your point about having also the ability to interact with outer energies whilst dreaming, and that lucid dreaming is not only a phenomenon that's happening in your own mind. I think this is a very strong example of that. Yeah. I didn't actually know that story, but thank you for sharing that. That's really cool, really interesting, and I think that just shows how the phenomenon, you know, of communicating with things outside of our mind through a lucid dream, is not only possible, but it's actually quite important. And I think many tribes and civilizations throughout history have used it for not just communicating, but for getting answers from other places. Let's say, 
you may have heard of different tribes um i've read books talking about certain tribes which used shamans dream shamans to actually get answers from in their own words other planes of existence other dimensions other other places i'm curious which books I can't remember the name of it. What I'll try and do is I'll send you a message after this. Maybe you can put it in the description. Um, but it's it's super interesting that dream shamans for a long time, they were like a quite an important element of a tribe. In fact, they were maybe the most or one of the most important members of a tribe is the dream shaman because they would, through dreams, they would actually be able to see things coming before they happened. They'll be able to have a dream and say, okay, this harvest is going to be a bad one, so we need to stock up. Mm-hmm. And then it actually happens. Or they'll say, we need to move our, you know, our village from here to here because uh, in the winter, someone's going to invade there. And like basic stuff like this, which it's quite fascinating when you think about it, that they, they're able to do this. And I think part of it is because they're very much more in tune with their bodies and nature. Going back to what you were saying earlier about moving towards intuition, I think naturally we all have this ability. I think it's more just that we've either forgotten or we've been programmed and conditioned not to have it, or through no fault of our own, our modern technology and lifestyle has just disconnected us from nature and disconnected us from our true abilities, mm-hmm. which in my opinion, we all, we all have these, these abilities deep down. It's just about remembering and practicing them again. So yeah, it's int- I find it interesting that in in places where they're more in connection with nature, they don't have any problems remembering their dreams or or controlling their dreams or, you know, projecting their consciousness, getting guidance from other planes. Like, they have no problem with that. And it's actually a normal, everyday part of their life. Whereas here, you say, that, you say, you say stuff like that and people assume that it's either not possible or very difficult or weird or I mean, I think this is changing now, but certainly ten years ago, let's say it was it was seen as this kind of like really out there strange thing. But it's actually quite a normal part of of our existence. and our, you know being human involves using our consciousness in that way, I think mm-hmm. no, I, I definitely think it's it's also a matter again of transition towards that that more and more people are becoming in tune with their mm. not only with their physical bodies but also with their energetic bodies automatically people will start improve their dream recall for instance i think that's a kind of an automatic response to that yeah exactly we've covered many interesting topics and my mind is still a little bit digesting everything that we are discussing at the moment because those are very deep topics topics that 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 i like to hear about and i think also is becoming more and more apparent in public conversations so I just want to thank you for for sharing that message, not only with me, but with all the people that you already uh, shared it with. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, I hope it in some way helps helps people. <laughs> yeah, def- yeah. Hey, I, I sent you a one pager before we had this conversation. I'm wondering if there's any topics that you would still like to share because I know you're also, for instance, big, you, we, we touched upon sleep hygiene, but do you feel you uh, that I did you justice? Gave you enough space to talk about that topic, for instance? I think I think for the for the time we have, yes, because any one of these topics could be an entire podcast on their own. We really could talk for quite a long time, even just about sleep sleep hacks. Let's say I mean I've experimented with various things like water cooled mattress underlayers and binaural beats and things like that. But um, yeah, for sleep hygiene, I think yes. In terms of biohacks, there are just just going back to like basic stuff about improving sleep and dreaming. There mm-hmm. are just a couple of things I want to mention. And that is um, to just, again, maybe the theme of this can be just to come back to our own our own nature, to, to come back to what we as humans naturally would be doing. So naturally, we would be very connected with nature. We would not be watching screens, especially in the evening and our only source of light would be fire or the sun. So what we happen, what happens now is we watch screens up until let's say 10 or 11 at night, even later, and it stops our bodies producing melatonin. So the biggest hacks I could give you uh, or whoever's listening is just to go back to nature. As soon as you wake up in the morning, don't look at screens, 
go outside and look at the sky you know mm-hmm. go out we'll go for a walk in nature breathe in fresh air ideally touch your bare feet to the grass or something you know ground yourself a little bit and then in the evening same thing reduce the light that comes into your eyes D- turn off the screens watch less tv or you know watch don't watch tv and, and screens for two hours before bed and just relax and unwind your body and if you do that you know your body kind of knows what to do it 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 fixes everything else. It heals you. You have good sleep. You dream. You lucid dream. If you just give your body that space to do what it does best. So I think a large part of lucid dreaming and personal growth is just getting out of our own way. You know, mm. to stop doing all the things that we're doing that is actually damaging our health, like watching screens late at night, uh, engaging in like drama, aggressive rap, horror movies, stressing um gossiping about others like all of the stuff that is it doesn't really improve your life it just detracts from your life experience yeah i i could, I could go off on another tangent but yeah that, that's basically the last yeah. tip no and i i think it's a great great tip to go back again to to nature to our essence and i think that's a beautiful way to to close this conversation as well stefan i would like to 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 thank you deeply because this was a conversation that I really enjoyed because these topics you cannot discuss with everyone and to to discuss it with a person that is so knowledgeable about it. I think you did a fantastic job also explaining it clearly because it can be a bit of a, a, a tricky topic to explain because it's not as tangible. But I also mm. want to recognize you for what you did in the clear way of explaining this topic. Thank you. That's really kind of you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, and uh, thank you for having me. It's been really nice. It's been, it's been a joy. It's been a joy. And I will make sure to link all the, add all the links to the, to the show notes of your website yeah. and your Instagram page, astralhq.com. And then um, your, uh, what was it called again? Spiritual. Uh, Spiritual Awakening Alliance. Awakening Alliance. I will also. Awakening sure. Alliance. Yeah. I will also make sure to put that in the show notes so people can look you up and people can reach out to you if they have any questions. And I'm sure there's there's, there's many people that will. Yeah, that would be great. I'm happy to answer any questions. So for the listener, many thanks for uh, listening to another episode of Exploring Optimal Health. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.